0: You're listening to Leveling Up, where we'll show you how to win at the game of life and business. It's time to power up your skills through life gamification with your host, Eric Sue. All right, so the third interview today at SaaS Talk is with Jason of Active Campaign. Active Campaign has been around for how long?
1: 2003. Yeah but it's a bit of an interesting story, because yeah. for the first decade, we were selling on-premise software to small businesses, uh-huh. and then changed. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, can you tell everyone what Active Campaign is, what your story is? Yeah, so Active yeah. Campaign today is a customer experience automation platform. Mm-hmm. We basically help growing businesses identify, capture, nurture, and convert leads, turn them into advocates, but we started off very much, just focused on small businesses, helping them grow through on-premise software. Over the course of a decade, we built eight products. We went from one to eight people in that decade, so not like a crazy success from the outside, but a true sustainable, profitable business. We ultimately found by building out all these different tools that automation across the tool sets mattered more Mm -hmm. than the individual tools themselves. So we started switching over to SaaS, focusing on market automation with more of a customer experience automation type of direction. And since then, we've just sort of taken off. So, 2016, we were like 20 people. Yeah. And then today, we're approaching around 600. Wow. So, in
0: what three years? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, the 10-year period, because I was actually talking with so the other podcast I do, Marketing School. We, we did a, an, an episode. Another marketer, Neil Patel, and I were like, Oh yeah. You know, how long does it take for business to be successful, right? And I didn't even have to ask him, but he said the magic number is it's got to be at least three years, right? For you yeah. guys, I mean, you guys had a sustainable business 10 years. How did you eventually figure out you know, quote unquote product market fit and make the switch?
1: Yeah, over time we just listened to our customers. I think for a period of time, we did what a lot of people do. As they start to grow, they start to try to almost create distance from their customers, yeah. thinking that it's part of maturity or thinking it's part of scaling up. But in reality, every time we've done that, we've lost something. So right. we take that to an extreme today. Our big theme is trying to get as much qualitative, like assessment, qualitative tone, distributed through the company as much mm-hmm. as possible. Like I'll take that to an extreme degree of reading all the NPS, reading all the churn data Mm -hmm. every single day, despite having over 80,000 customers because it's like that gives you an idea of like the value you're providing. That gives you the idea of what you should be building going forward.
0: Got it. So how do you guys make money exactly and what's the pricing model?
1: Yeah, so it's monthly software as a service based on tiers and number of customers or contacts Mm -hmm. that they have, so basically as they see more success, they end up paying more. It. But it's been a model that works pretty well for us. Okay.
0: And when you say, you said customer experience, correct? Yep. So when you, what would be an example, just a tangible example, or a case study that you can share where people, where someone got a lot of value from it? Yeah. So yeah.
1: a good example of blending automation and human touch would be, like, we work with a bunch of, like, orchestras, like symphony orchestras. So they're obviously trying to get memberships and whatnot, so they're using Active Campaign to nurture that process, but they take it further. So when you actually go to a performance and your ticket is scanned. And that data is going through active campaign, determining kind of where they are, should they get something, some like surprise and delight sort of mm-hmm. experience, mm-hmm. and then that can lead to a push notification on the ground where someone will walk up and say, hey, we have different seats for you, or here's like a sign thing right. from the orchestra itself. And, mm-hmm. and so it's that blend of like human touch and automation that I think right. is really important. So despite being an automation company, we're very yeah. big on kind of adding that personal element.
0: And would you say customer experience, is that a category you guys created for yourself, or? Yeah, so we think marketing automation uh-huh. is
1: a category that's existed and is focused too much on just the sales and marketing aspect. Right. We think of it more as the entire customer life cycle we're trying yeah. to add value to. And by doing so, it's it's like constantly working with contacts at every stage. Yep.
0: Ideally getting to advocacy at the end of the day. Love it. And have you read the book Play Bigger? Is that based on that? Yeah, I'm familiar with the book, but yeah, Yeah. Right. yeah it's great. Okay, cool. And so. Just FYI, Play Bigger is building your own category. And so what kind of numbers can you share around the business, growth rates, revenues, anything you're okay to share right now? Yeah, no, so
1: we're over 80 million ARR. Mm -hmm. Growth is steady, if not increasing and whatnot. On just kind of team and whatnot. Of the Mm -hmm. almost 600, we've hired almost 300 of them today, uh, this year. Mm -hmm. One difference that we've had that I think is is notable, and and we've invested primarily on R&D. So despite being a MarTech company, we haven't spent that much on marketing. And I think it goes to show, like, if you build something that's providing value, stay close to your customers, Mm -hmm. use the small business angle, you can get massive adoption Mm -hmm. without that much cost. Right.
0: How did you make that transition from, okay, 10 years, it was eight people or so, and now you've got 600 people. How did you transition at CU? Because I think that's the dream for a lot of people listening. Yeah,
1: so it had to get really used to not wanting to do a lot of things uh-huh. and switch the focus
0: quite a bit. Are you technical? Yes. Okay. So
1: okay. initially, I wrote all the software early on and then was almost too into the knowing of how things work. Mm-hmm. And that actually creates a lot of problems. At the same time, like you should take what you find interesting, what you find valuable and like pursue that. So I spent a lot of time on the product side still, despite building out an amazing product and tech org. Mm-hmm. just because like, you should focus on what gives you good energy within your business and right. then try to hire around the areas that you may not provide as much value to. Got it. Um, yeah.
0: Are you in, in any type of founders groups right now? Do you have any coaches? So any that stuff? Yeah.
1: I waited way too long for that. So mm-hmm. for about 10, 13 years, I just right. was heads down building product thinking like I had to do it all yeah. myself. Yeah. turns out like, if you go out and actually talk to people, they'll, yeah. they're oddly friendly. So uh-huh. now I'm, I'm doing more of that yeah. on the idea of coaching and the idea of, I would take it one step further of yeah. just like, as you build a team, I found it really easy to just focus on the team, focus on taking on everything you can mm-hmm. to try to make it an easier path and try to help scale people up. But it's lonely. But it's very lonely and you've yeah. got to do the same for yourself. Yeah. So I'm a huge advocate now of bringing in. Bringing in help, bringing in a coach—even mm-hmm. if you have someone you can just talk to about topics—that's yeah. not your team because you can't necessarily share the same sort of views all the time. That way, mm-hmm. even if it's basically a rock you're talking to, like yeah. as long as you have some dedicated time, get a dedicated rock. Guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean,
0: just pay that rock a couple hundred yeah. dollars an hour now. Yeah, and yeah. So. Okay. Are you in any like specific groups like YPO eO anything like that
1: yeah YPO okay. a member of but I've almost found more value like that's been great but I've found more value in just kind of network and just reaching uh-huh. out yeah. even if it's cold reach out to founders and whatnot yeah. that I've looked up to yeah you know a lot of people take the time
0: and just the context for everyone YPO is young president's organization eO's entrepreneurs organization really good worldwide groups and so Yesterday, I, was, I hosted a dinner, and then there's a first-time founder. They're doing really well right now, okay. and we talked about the concept of, of having a coach, or, or, and this guy was like, I don't need that kind of stuff, blah, blah, blah. Why were you resistant initially? Yeah, I guess I didn't see it as an option initially, and then yeah, over time... Because you didn't have the time. Yeah, yeah. and it's
1: just like we, did, we didn't take funding until 2016 because I didn't think of it as an option, too. Yeah. So I found a bunch of creative and odd ways to yeah. sort of abundant scale of business, which was ultimately a good thing. Uh-huh. I think it's also that like perception of like feeling like you have to be able to figure it out or feeling like yeah. someone else must surely know this yeah. stuff. Yeah. And that goes into like how you're building your company, how you're building the product as well. Like if you look and if you expect that like competitors somehow know more than you, mm-hmm. going back, I would just assume that I trust my instinct, trust yeah. my gut a little bit more. Yeah. And I think all founders should give themselves a little more credit. Yep but also talk to someone and, Love get, it. and get that support. Yeah. Yep. It's like therapy, right? Yeah. yeah,
0: that's essentially what it is. Yeah, that's good. Why did you decide it was time to take funding? And what size were you guys at revenue-wise? Yeah, so we were we, we were in 2016. We were about six
1: going on and growing. Six million ARR. Yeah. Got it. We were thinking that we were finding like a ton of, we we're seeing acceleration growing the team, mm-hmm. thought it was optimal timing, thought I was you know, taking advantage of kind of yeah. the situation of funding yeah. when you don't necessarily need it. We were talking to a bunch of firms, ended up finding one that I truly thought would add value in kind of the MarTech knowledge, but also alignment around the fact that we were very definitively focused on small business first mm-hmm. and staying there and right. proving that out. So ultimately did that. In a weird way, also wanted external sort of pressure. Mm-hmm. So it was a... Smaller minority run, so like, it, there's from a control perspective, they can't necessarily steer us into Enterprise or something like that. How much
0: did you guys raise? Twenty million. Okay, got
1: it. But just having that perspective, having that outside pressure, just knowing that you can possibly make them sad or something like that, you know, yeah. that's a driver for me. Yeah. So that's been insanely helpful. And if you find the right partner, like at the time, the leadership team was. Myself and a couple of people I've worked with for mm-hmm. 10 years. We didn't have any experience, so they yeah. were taking a little bit of a bet. Yeah. And they've been phenomenal in helping us yeah. build out the leadership team and, and pushing us further.
0: I think your team's unique too, because I've talked to a couple of your salespeople, and they've been with you through like the entire ride, right? There's, yeah. There's how been have a few, you yeah. How have you helped them transition? Because not everyone scales, and you know that. Yeah. A lot of people hit a wall, and it's like you got to let them go because you promoted them too quickly.
1: Yeah. It's two things. It's one trying to avoid that, like early on, if I could yeah. go back. I would have not necessarily, you know, yeah. gone crazy on titles and whatnot ahead of time. Yeah, But at the same time, it's just being honest as well. So mm-hmm. it's a combination of just being honest, like if someone isn't scaling, it's not that they're not valuable to the organization. Yeah. They're valuable to the organization, just maybe not in the role or, or mm-hmm. the direction they're going. So yeah. finding a place, having that honest conversation, people appreciate that, because if that's happening, both sides are probably feeling pressure. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. And the other thing is just like, you know, like we were talking about coaches and what you can do for yourself as a founder, I think it's really important to realize and, and remind ourselves of during rapid growth, it's just as hard, if not harder on the team. Mm-hmm. So like trying to figure out a similar thing for that. So yep. we've built out different types of leadership trainings. We do both internally, externally. We've actually brought in the idea of coaching. Mm-hmm. To individuals it. as well. Yeah. And it's something that like it seems like Shopify did the same thing of bringing in coaches and actually having You're doing coaches group coaches a blend. So oh. some of it's group coaching and some of it is actually like if we identify someone that really like we think high potential yeah. just trying to work through some things, we'll bring in someone and then at the same time, just like half my time spent on recruiting and team building, yeah. I'm also looking for people that could be like mentors, yeah. even in an unofficial capacity yeah. for people on the team.
0: It's a fun game, right? I mean, you went from coding, building product, and now like the CEO's job is recruiting. And I yeah. used to think that, would, like when I read about that, I was like, God, that, that's so boring, but it's actually really fun. I think I'm having a lot of fun still, yeah. and I think it's a reason of, like I always enjoyed
1: engineering in terms of like solving a problem and yeah. whatnot, but when you think about like how do you build a platform, how do you get a larger company, to actually align around yeah. something, that's a huge engineering yeah. challenge. Like,
0: it's constantly pe- people hoop. are, yeah. yeah,
1: that's that's harder than
0: anything else I've run into. Yeah. So it's been a lot of fun. Okay. How are you finding these people? Because I asked that question in the last interview, but for you, how are you finding your talented executives?
1: Yeah, so it's, it's it's a lot of work, it's a lot of networking, so I use use the investor community mm-hmm. as much as possible. They're always trying to show value and they can help get some sort of intros and whatnot. Mm-hmm. We've built out a talent team quite a bit. Yep. That's something I held off on. How big's the team? Talent team, I think we've got six or eight recruiters okay. now. Okay. And they're just phenomenal, like, you know, what they're able to do yeah. with the hiring pace we have right now. Yep. It took me spending a million dollars on external recruiters in like yeah. six to 12 months to realize, like, yeah. we should just build out that team. Yeah. I would do that earlier because then. You lose something sometimes if you yeah. have like a third party facilitating that process. Yep. Yeah. Incentives um, are misaligned too. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the other way of thinking about it is when I find someone that could be good for a role and even if it's further out, I try to find a way to make it work. Yeah. Try to find a way to make it happen because right. that timing, that alignment doesn't always happen. Sometimes it takes uh, years. Exactly. Yeah. Like I have I've talked to people
0: for, yeah, a year plus, yeah. passively, passively, and then finally uh, stars align. Yeah. 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 Cool. A couple more questions from my side. Sure. Um, What's working really well for you guys in terms of growth today? Because I see you guys at a lot of conferences. Yeah. And your people are extra friendly always. Yeah. They like walk up to me. Okay. So I'm just like. Is that a good thing? It <laughs> is, maybe it's a bad thing, yeah. I don't know, but they're super yeah. friendly. Yeah. So what's working for you guys in terms of growth?
1: Yeah, so I'd say that's somewhat new. Advocacy remains our number one growth side of things. So organic remains like the vast majority of the business we bring in. Mm-hmm. We try to influence advocacy and whatnot by getting to advocates whether it be online or actually in person. Mm-hmm. So this year we're doing about 200 different workshops throughout the world. Mm. And so we're going to markets that normally don't have events, trying to get like 50 to 100 people there. And what it does is it creates these little communities, creates these little influencer pockets that ripple out. right? And that's been a powerful thing. And that's something yeah. that early on worked really well. A lot of people said like, that's great, but you're not gonna be able to scale that out. Right. But we're definitely proving that out and we're actually making it accelerate So the organic side remains our our biggest driver. Mm -hmm. In addition to that, we're doing a lot of the other things like conferences and paid acquisition and whatnot. How
0: much do those local events cost typically? So
1: it's funny because everyone internally and externally had a lot of questions about that mm-hmm. when we announced we were going to do that many yeah. for such small audiences. But when you're talking about you know, maybe a couple thousand to ten, fifteen thousand dollars per market, mm-hmm. we've actually been able to attribute upsell and, and business to them despite it not being a sales event. Yeah. But then if you factor in that advocacy, if you factor in what that can happen if you go to another region, mm-hmm. international is a big part of our business. Right. And it sort of happened by accident, Australia. but we've been able to facilitate it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so Australia was our number two country, over yeah. half of our business is international. So yeah, it's a powerful thing if you can get that self serve motion working well.
0: Got it. What is one tool that you'd recommend? But it could be business or personal. It cannot be active campaign though. Ah, so okay. it could be like a aura ring or something. <laughs> yeah. I'd bring up Pendo who I think is oh, here yeah. today.
1: Yeah. The reason being, I haven't actually used the product personally that much, uh-huh. but they've been able to get, similar to the way of Datadog and others, of where they get down to kind of the individual user inside of an org, mm-hmm. and we're able to create this like culture around product yep. that's been growing. So it resulted in our product team being like, we need to use this tool. Yeah. And like making the decision for the company essentially. Yeah. And I find that fascinating. The same thing happened to us with Datadog too. It started mm-hmm early on in the company with like a small team and then just all of a sudden like it became a mandate from engineering that we needed it so Love on it. one hand not not super excited about yeah. spending but obviously providing a ton of value so cool. it's a great model for growth and what's one must-read book you'd recommend to everyone oh must-read book i would say i don't know i like the things like good grades stuff like that uh-huh. but more importantly i'm more of a skim as much as you can Yep. Quantity, mm-hmm. find like a couple things that pop out, and then dig in a little bit deeper. Uh-huh. I also like no particular book, but any type of book that has crisis management in it. Yeah, like I've read like thousands of stories about how businesses fail and, yeah. and fall apart, and that's probably the most
0: valuable thing. Is there any one that comes to mind right now? No, no spectacular failure that yeah. I'd wanna. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, cool. So, Jason, this has been great. What's the best way for people to find you online? Sure, just Jason at ActiveCampaign.com. Otherwise, just it out ActiveCampaign.com.
1: Check out the platform. All right,
0: everyone, let's give him a hand. Oh, appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you. You may have completed this level, but many more bosses await. If you're looking to level up in marketing or business, just go to SingleGrain.com forward slash leveling dash up to get access to our individual and team training programs. That's SingleGrain.com forward slash leveling dash up.